five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Agency Podcast. Eugene here in good old Toronto. And Candy here in Tuscany. <laughs> Tuscany. You Tuscany. were in Rome last I heard. I was in Rome last you heard. That's right. We So um, tell us where all you've been. We want well, all the gory details. All right. Okay, I'll do my best. Um, I feel so gauche, like bragging about my trip. Um, but you know, it's a weird feeling. I was thinking about this this afternoon. I was kind of having a nap. And I said, what a weird feeling to be in the Louvre and then the Vatican within a week. And what a different experience they are. And, and just that kind of, you're oversensitized, you're overblown with uh, content, visual content in both those buildings. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so we went to the, we got to Paris last, I don't know, a few days ago. We just had a frick, because I talked to you last when we were in the UK, we were about to take off. We were, we went to see um, David and Sylvia. We stayed with them in Deal and had a wonderful time. What a treat. Nice. Yeah, it was wonderful. I, I know you must have seen the pictures. We just had a yes. great time. It and looked it like, it looked like they had uh, prepared some little adventures. and. Oh. They were Fabulous. so organized. They had an itinerary ready for us. I mean, it was amazing. I felt really like it was just so great to just go. An itinerary. Okay. That's... As soon as they picked us up, we went on a drive and got oriented in their city. And then we went to Margate, which is a really cool artist, kind of artsy. London Londoners love it. But the seaside town where um, Turner had his mistress. So that was really exciting. I didn't know that before I got there, that it was a Turner-esque place. Who knew that that uh, that madcap had a mistress? <laughs> That's right. Apparently, there's a movie. Apparently, not very good. But I'm going to have to watch it now, called Mister <laughs> Booth. I think. But I am curious to see it. So you know, it's funny. Um, can you imagine going to the dog park, and it's at the Louvre? We literally saw people going to their taking their massive amounts of dogs going to the dog park where the renovation was happening at the Louvre and we we're having a coffee and a croissant. <laughs> wow. I was like, damn, that's one fancy dog park. It was pretty cool. So, um, as you know, and as I shared on Facebook, but in case someone's not on social media here, we were standing outside in line for, we took a tour. I mentioned that I had to get a tour and I want to clarify that again, because I'm not sure if it was clear because you said, Oh, you don't seem like a tour person. I'm not a tour person. But there's something going on with these museums that they're so booked that the only way you can get in sometimes is to go and get a tour. That was our last resort. It turned out to be a lot of fun. We did enjoy our host and she did whip us around to um, her focus was the three women in the Louvre, the three movie stars, the main female identities at the Louvre. One was <laughs> winged, winged Victory. Uh, the other was Venus de Milo. And the third, of course, was Mona Lisa. Um, while we were standing in line waiting for to meet up with the little group, Kostag and I spent like hours there all morning. We were just there for a really long time getting coffee and looking at the building, looking at all the, you know, all the statues there. Uh, we met at Louis XIV equestrian uh, statue for the group. Um, we saw a bunch of cops get out. And I had been joking for days. Every time we went anywhere, I was like, oh, they got to really be high security because we've done proper airport security for all these museums. And I'm like, it's got to be this looking for soup. They must be looking for soup. Anyway, well, damn it. I guess they got past all the security. And 
I'm joking about the cops coming into the Louvre. They really were coming in to arrest people for throwing paint on Mona Lisa. So I felt like I won the lottery that day. I, not only am I at the Louvre, I got to be there when something crazy happened. I wish they would at least pick a better painting to throw paint at. <laughs> I think they purely did that because of its popularity. I don't. I, the other paintings for the oil... They pick beautiful landscapes, which makes sense because they're they're fighting for the environment. So they pick these ah. environmental beautiful paintings. There's a kind of a logic. The logic with the Mona Lisa must have been pure press. So anyway, that was very exciting. Ah. We didn't get to see her until the last because they obviously had to wash the wall off. Um, she's covered in bulletproof glass. I, I'm um, sure she is. Yeah. Well, but you, the you better... know... uh, uh, just a couple comments on the, on the yeah. subject of, of tours before you go on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think sometimes tours can actually be super interesting, mm. especially if you really lost and you yes. wouldn't know what to do and yes. you have an opportunity to have somebody organize things for you. Yeah, yeah. When when Sheila and I went to Vietnam the first time, we mm. were on a tour and it had pluses and, and minuses, but the pluses were... All you had to, to think about was the tour guide said, be here on these steps at 7.30 tomorrow morning, yeah. right? And then everything else is thought about for you. Like, yes. you don't have to worry about catching the right bus, getting on a train, finding the airport. Like, all of that is all taken care of. And you mm -hmm. could just focus on being a, a happy little tourist. So right. I thought that was really kind of positive. Um, on the negative side is... um. You know, in that particular country, they do tours to death, man. They, mm -hmm. you know, if there's an opportunity for a tour, like in the in the in the Mekong Delta, they put you in these little boats and they row you around through uh, <laughs> around islands and through canals and stuff like that. Right. But there's like a traffic jam of these boats. There's dozens of them, yeah. dozens and dozens of them, yeah. and um, it's like a assembly line tourism. Yeah. So that's sort of the downside of it. But yeah. you know, there were some people in our tour group who spent a lot of money to have a tour guide and have all that organized yeah. who never listened to a word that the tour guide <laughs> had to say. And man, right. we learned so much. Because this right. guy, he lived there. He so he talked to us a lot about the language, he talked to us about the history, yeah. um, even taught us songs. That was really cool. And there were some people completely oblivious to it. Yeah. They just decided that, you know, yeah, I'm here and I spent all this money, but I'm just not going to pay any attention at all. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Well, it's like the people taking selfies. They're taking selfies of themselves ignoring the art. I mean, literally, physically, they're physically, look, I'm not looking at that artwork. Like, I'm like, what's going on here? Um, I get it. You've traveled a lot. You want to show you really saw it and you're very excited. Um, I do get that. <laughs> oh, Steg had to ask me, he goes, wow, what's with all the girls posing with berets in Paris? I said, oh, it's a TV show called Emily in Paris. And it's very, it's like they call, I, I've seen a review called, um, ambient tv <laughs> and i've watched it a lot fallen asleep woke up rewound it fallen asleep again it's not that it's not entertaining it is but it's very um 
it's just very relaxing, almost like British baking. You just feel good. Nothing really horrible happens. Nothing really major happens. She's from America. She's working in, in Paris and she's just trying to get by. But it's hilarious. All the girls dressed. You know, I, I joked about how I travel heavy. We do not travel heavy. We are watching people with two, three suitcases per person. And they are taking selfies all over Europe. And they're changing their outfits all the time with these beautiful outfits to wear on the street in Paris. It's fascinating. I was wow. like, wow, really fascinating. I um, have learned from Sheila, who is the master of <laughs> packing light, the yes. joys of packing light. You think, oh, my God, I need this. I need that. I'm not going to take it. But, you I know, totally when everybody that you see with all their luggage, they have to tote around and yeah. um, you've got one bag. And, yeah. you know, the beauty is you can travel almost anywhere. And there's somebody for a few bucks who will do your laundry. Oh, not for a sure. Deal. I think, you know, I, I think maybe next time I'm, it's such a joke. I'm going to say this. Maybe next time I'll pack light. I'm a I'm a heavy packer. Um, I did have to bring books and things with me and we brought presents for people to, you know, some artwork. Sure, and stuff. Yeah. So I had every intention of dumping one of these suitcases, but Stake's like, no, forget it. We've gone through this far. Just keep it. Cause you know, but as well, I was like, okay, the, the suitcases are actually breaking. They will not, when they get back to Chicago, they're done. Um, they, they're just, we've been just hauling our ass all over the place. So, you know, what was good about this tour with the Louvre? I had been to the Louvre before when I was a teenager and, um, you know, so I felt like, eh, you know, what will this be like? Well, it was a very, very obviously different experience. I had always joked how Stag was so lucky. He grew up with the art Institute and you grew up with the AGO. I didn't have that, but I forgot, wait a second, you're being hard on yourself. You went to the Louvre and I I, it was so interesting to see it. And I have often thought, how did that influence me? How did it run over me? How did it, you know, I even knew I wanted to be an artist when I was there as a teenager. And um, so I really had a fun feeling seeing things again. I will say you're right about the Mona Lisa. The Madonna on the rocks is just mind blowing. Absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, I really got a thrill out of that one. And this tour guide, back to the tour guide, what she did was I guess they found some ruins of the Louvre. And the Louvre has such an interesting history, which is so completely different than, say, the Vatican. The Louvre is a is the history of revolution and peacemaking and equanimity, if you think about it, even though it's the world's richest probably art collection on the planet, right? Um, we went to the very back of the Louvre, and they have excavated part of the, the original fortress. It was originally a military building. Did you know that? No idea. I had no idea either. And they found it probably from like 1100. And wow. they've got parts of the rock and they've put them back together again. There's not a lot, but there's enough. Um, pretty interesting. And then the whole city def definition of Paris changed over the years. In fact, the Louvre was originally a palace. You probably knew that. Uh, for I'm vaguely aware of that. Yeah. You know, I, you know, but my awareness of France in general. Yeah. Um, that's where the Coneheads lived. Yes, yes. Um, and, um, well, that's <laughs> it. I, I really don't know a lot about France. I, I don't, don't either. I don't know a lot about anywhere. I'm not a, I'm not a geography buff. It's not my interest. I don't believe in nations or borders. So my focus has always been nature. I prefer um, geology over geo. I, I prefer geography, like natural geology over geography. That's what I prefer. 
I, I prefer trees. You know, I grew up with trees that were 3,000 years old. You know, everybody's like, oh, look, the Louvre's 1,000 years old. I'm like, well, a tree is old. You know, I prefer nature. Um, so anyway, we go through this fortress. Then you find out it's a palace. And there's a couple of famous people live there, like I think Napoleon and Marie Antoinette. And, you know, they kept building and building to prove their power and stru structure, right? They're just building it so massive. It's unbelievably huge, Eugene. I don't really remember that part about it from when I was a kid. I was like, whatever, you know, Mona Lisa. I looked at the art. I was really into the art and going there. But, you know, youth is wasted on the young, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, I don't really remember it being that big. It's massive. And it's all like kings and queens taking over land. And then it became part of Paris. And of course, the French Revolution happened. And they said, fuck you guys. It's our artwork. Now we're going to turn this building into something for us. And it wasn't that it wasn't like it was all artwork then. That was something that came later. But there's such a great feeling to know that this was this is what revolution looks like. This is what when the people take over and reject an economy and they get to own the art a building and they turned it all into art and their art collection. So that was really, really fun um, to see that. Then you go to the Vatican. So Stag really wanted to go to the Vatican on this trip. I've been before. I could take it or leave it. It's I'm not into colonizer art. And uh, certainly, you know, I, I had the, the problem is if you're not into colonizer art, that doesn't let, leave much left. It doesn't. No, it really, it really doesn't. Well, you probably saw the pictures I took at the Vatican. They weren't the normal pictures. <laughs> Mine were all painting techniques up close. <laughs> and I got told not to take pictures. But I was like, I already got them. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the Sistine Chapel. So Stag really wanted to go to the... He goes, what's the point if we don't go to the Vatican? And I went, well, that's fair. It's that's your trip point. too. Okay. Yeah, he was like, it's one of the great art houses, right? Michelangelo. Um, so, and of course, Michelangelo and Leonardo, which Leonardo's in Paris, um, they hated each other. They were bitter enemies, apparently. Um, anyway, Michelangelo designed all of the, uh, most of the um, Vatican. So that's kind of impressive. He's a little, a little bit like Shakespeare, just able to do so much in one lifetime. Anyway, so we're going to go to the Vatican. And speaking of trains and being organized, we have a Euro rail pass. And so a lot of my time is spent trying to figure out what train we're going to take, when we're taking it, how we're going to get there. And I will tell you, it is a little exhausting. It's a little stressful. And I've made all kinds of mistakes. We've missed things. And I misbooked um, days that we're supposed to be at an Airbnb or a hotel. But it all worked out. We didn't, we didn't suffer at all. In fact, we've been very comfortable. The best part is getting on the train. It just is so relaxing to get on the train. After you've been trying to get on the train, we're like, oh, my God, we're on the train. Um, so we go to Rome and we were, oh my God, it's just so beautiful. Really, I mean, Paris is beautiful. Rome is beautiful. It's so insane, the buildings. Anyway, we're really digging it. We go for supper. We're like, okay, let, we have to eat all the pasta we possibly can, right? <laughs> we just have to eat lots of pasta. We go for a beautiful dinner. I had a carbonara that anything we eat in North America does not even come close to the taste of this carbonara. It was like whipped egg pudding on pasta. It was so insanely good. And we could get back to our Airbnb, which is the world's smallest Airbnb, I will add, and stay doesn't feel good. I'm going to bed. I'm exhausted. Forget it. We have to wake up and get to the Vatican. Well, he proceeds to be sick all night. Poor oh, guy. No. Sick, 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 sick. So he's like, I'm not going to make it tomorrow. And I said, well, it's still only three in the morning. You don't know. <laughs> 
So I, and me, a real hero, I just go to sleep. I'm like, I have to sleep. I can't stay awake. And I kept thinking he's eventually going to fall asleep. He did not sleep very much. So when I get up in the morning, I said, okay, I'll go get you seven up. And um, he goes, yeah, just some seven up. He wanted seven up and rice cakes. And I said, this isn't fucking Colorado in 1975. I can't get you rice cakes. <laughs> I'll never find rice cakes. Um, That's adorable. Then, yeah, it was very, he goes, I just need rice cakes. <laughs> well, maybe and a baguette. Yeah, maybe a baguette. Um, that would work too. So anyway, off I go looking for, um, you know, something to settle his stomach. And I realized, oh, I can get a medicine at the pharmacy. So I get him some medicine and I'm like determined he's going to make it to the Vatican, this poor guy. <laughs> he's going to have to rally because it was his idea to come here. He's got to go. We've got the tickets. We got to go. Anyway, God love him. He took some medicine. He persevered. It settled his stomach, it settled his head. And we went to the Vatican. Um, he didn't eat the rest of the day, though. <laughs> and we had bought this happy hour at the Vatican. Isn't that awesome? They have a yeah. little thing, happy hour at the Vatican. <laughs> I mean, the marketing genius, total market. You sit outside and you're in this courtyard. It's amazing. And I was like, Stay, we have to go to this happy hour. It was like a happy hour with Papa and friends. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We were there all day. Uh, bless his heart. He, we were into it. We just stayed there all day. We hung outside. We went back and looked at a few things a couple of times. Like I said, I mean, it's not my favorite because, listen, I like the Michelangelo room. It's, the Sistine Chapel is pretty cool. It's like being on drugs. A big, big Mike stuff there. Um, it, it's all been clean now, right? So it has all the bright colors it used to have. Correct. It's very bright. It's kind I of I love great. that that just ruined like decades and decades of, of art historians, right? Yes. Because the, the paintings actually didn't look like they imagined they looked. No, they looked like Sienna or something before, right? They were all like, yeah. um, like, oh, it's all like muted tones. No, they're bright as hell. It looks like crazy. I would show you a picture, but they stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bright. Because they yeah. want to sell you pictures. Correct. That's Correct. why. Yes. Yes, well, they have jigsaw puzzles and everything of the Sistine Chapel, <laughs> wow. which I took pictures of. It's pretty clever. Jigsaw oh, puzzle, have, Jesus. Their marketing is so down at their merch. I remember that as a kid. I remember that being a young person, too, that the merchandise at the Vatican was really intense. I just remember, and I was there was nothing I wanted to buy, but I was so impressed that they had something for everything like Pope key fobs and everything. Now that seems normal, but when I, I, was, when I was young, I didn't know that was a kind of a thing. Um, oh, you know, the, the place that, that outdid everybody, I think, for that mm -hmm. sort of stuff is Fatima. Oh, Fatima? It's is that in Portugal. Lisbon? Oh. Um, so yeah. it's uh, it's quite a bit north of Lisbon. You have some people, like, crawling on their knees to Fatima. You have mm -hmm. other people, and, which is pretty remarkable because they do it for miles. Yes. And then, then you can go and, let's say... You're, you have a, a friend or a loved one who has something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they have something wrong with, say, they just broke their arm, well, yeah. you can buy a wax arm, <laughs> which you burn. Wow. And that's going to make them better, I guess. The supernatural beings will, will intervene. And, or if, if someone has, say, breast cancer, you could buy a wax breast. Yeah. Or... Uh, you could buy if someone has a, a I guess a mental illness. You could buy like a brain or a head. Oh, wow, interesting. So they also have regular candles, and you make a donation, and you could buy the candles and burn those. 
And I guess if you've just done a few, you know, everyday run-of-the-mill sins, you get like the like the ten-inch candles. But yeah. there were some people there, they were mm-hmm. buying and burning like the five foot tall, three inch Whoa. thick candles. And I'm thinking, what has this guy been up to? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Definitely. So, wow, that's terrible. So you, you go from the, where the shrine is, just feet away from it, the mm. souvenir shops start. And the mm. ones closest to the shrine specialize in like the rosaries and the the more religious items. And as you get a little bit further away, you start getting into um, like, like the Pope beer openers and, right. and all the really crazy wacky fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. then when you get like the far end of where all the souvenir stalls are, then you get like Ronaldo souvenirs. <laughs> The soccer souvenirs. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's similar to, um, there's no sports stuff, but they have a pharmacy in the uh, Vatican where uh, they have a post office in the Vatican. Um, They've got several gift shop after gift shop. I mean, the place is huge, so you might as well use the space. So you you don't just exit through a gift shop. You exit through three or four of them. (laughs) It's pretty impressive. And the rooms are gorgeous. And they store all the merchandise in these really antique cabinets that are hand-painted. You're like, maybe that shouldn't, you shouldn't be touching that. Wow. Um, but you know, the difference with the Vatican too is like, it's just like hundreds, thousands of marble, carving marble statues. It's like a hoarder palace. It's like the, there's so much carved marble in there. You can't even, it, you can't compute aisle after aisle of it dozens it's so bizarre and everything's painted it's horror vacui so is the um the louvre is like that in versailles right it was their style i guess um but it was good and Stag rallied and then we did make it to happy hour only i drank his drinks <laughs> tough you, job you, but you got to do it sometimes yes and then we get up and i in the middle of the night i don't know why i think oh i couldn't sleep probably because i fell asleep whatever early from the Vatican we were so tired I woke up and I thought oh maybe I'm we were gonna go to Florence I started thinking geez I don't want to haul around another big city why don't I just I've got an interview this week my last interview I'm doing in a small town Italy and that's kind of why we're here I thought why don't we go to the city and we have to catch a bus so why don't we go to the city that we're getting the bus from and stay there it's you know it's only a hundred thousand people it'd be super laid back and mellow and we'll enjoy this. So that's where we are right now. And, and what um, city is that? I was going to not say, but I think it's okay. It's called Arezzo. You know why I didn't want to say? Because there's somebody being very weird on the Cormac McCarthy forum, where I literally am thinking of calling the FBI when I get home or the RCMP. Just wow. a very same person that was doing it before. Remember when we were laughing about yeah. fanatical? Enemy? Same person. Um to be fair, at least he started also, I noticed, and I happened to look at it, I hadn't looked at it forever, and I happened to look at it about when we first got to England, and it bummed me out so badly, I felt really kind of paranoid, and Steg was like, just laugh it off, it doesn't even matter. I mean, it was funny, I didn't know what he's talking about, um, but just to pull, just to be focused on me, I just really was not cool, and nobody else is posting there, just this one person. Anyway, he did go and say things similar about other people on the forum. So I figure it's not just really me. So I'm probably fine. But we're in Arezzo, Italy. I was posting everything on Facebook delayed. That's how paranoid I felt. Ah. Um, 
Yeah, because I was afraid, well, if they see, if they ever found me on Facebook and thought I was traveling, maybe they're going to do something to, to fuck up my trip or something. I don't know. It's just paranoia. You can't explain it. It's irrational paranoia, only rational paranoia. Anyway, so we get to Arezzo yesterday, and it is a really cute little town. And it's a town I can't figure out. It feels like Banff. It feels like a resort town. Does that make sense? And it's yeah. got really wealthy, wealthy stores in it. And then it's got a real feeling of like edgy, um, I don't want to say criminal element, but something like that, but not horrible necessarily. But you know, that that edge, it's not dissimilar to the feeling at Albuquerque. Transients, you're worried. Is there drug use? Is there what? <laughs> anyway, it's a beautiful town. I, I feel really bad that I'm even saying that because it's a really cool place. And I figured, let's go see Piero della Francesco. He's got... Well, yeah. Right? We'll go look at those frescoes. Um, I love the the St. Mary Magdalene, goddess of power and love, equal to Jesus. So I thought, let's go see her painting. Um, we get here, we go for dinner, we're hanging out. I think we had a drink or two. Minor. We were pretty tired, really. Really tired. Steak's still not feeling well. Well... Steak puts on the TV and he's watching this horrible movie, I thought, with Boris Karloff, I saw, dressed as a First Nation. I was like, what the hell? And <laughs> Susan Hayward, and I think it was Van Heflin, and it's uh, it's Civil War, and then I was like, I just have to go to sleep. So I just pass out. And then I wake up and Steak's, he's gone to sleep, so I'm thinking, I'm going to turn down the TV, and then I don't feel well. Eugene, I did not know it was possible for someone to throw up as much as I did. <laughs> oh dear. I guess Steg's sickness got to me eventually. Sure. And I mean projectile vomiting. If I was on the street, I would have taken out half the town. Oh my. <laughs> oh, I'm I, like, I almost wish that I, it was like triangle of sadness. It was so horrible. I don't think you've seen that, but Sheila and I saw it. I mean, it would not stop Steg. Thank God Steg slept through it because I just wouldn't want anyone to be privy to that, right? This, this reminds me of, of the trip to Minneapolis when <laughs> um, when we decided to go to the biggest mall on the planet. And in there, we went to a place called Ruby Tuesdays to eat. <laughs> Don't eat at Ruby Tuesdays. Okay. And, and then got really, we all got really, really oh, sick. No. And every time Stag ran off to the bathroom, he'd say, gotta go vote Republican. <laughs> even yeah. sick of the dog he had a wonderful sense of humor oh, yeah, good sense of humor yeah well i mean god i just could not believe this was so it was so insane the good news was i had gotten medicine for stay so i popped it of course i immediately about 20 minutes later threw it up so then i'm like oh well i'm not sure if i threw it up will i hurt myself by taking more medicine but i was like determined i took some more and um, I mean, I just, I kind of waited till I knew I was finished throwing up. There couldn't possibly have been anything left in my body. I probably lost 10 pounds. Like it was just all that bread and everything I've been eating, you know? Anyway. So um, you, would you call it a cleanse? I would call it a cleanse. I did feel detox this morning when I woke up, but I feel like shit. My shoulders are sore. My whole body is sore. It was so violent. I can't. Projectile vomiting. If it's a child doing it, you have to take them to the hospital. It's so horrible. Anyway, got through it. Woke up this morning. It was like the Poseidon adventure. There's got to be a morning after. I was so happy. Like, thank God. <laughs> and then I was like, what the fuck movie were you watching last night? I don't know. Anyway, State doesn't remember. Because now I'm always going to kind of hate that movie. 
because I could hear it in the background while I was being sick. So good times. I've been shaky all day, but I made stay go to the Vatican. So I said, well, we're going to go find Piero della Francesco. I'm going to go out. And I somehow, you know, made myself get up around 1030 and off we went. Beautiful, beautiful church that the Madonna Mary Magdalene is in. It's incredible. Beautiful. And um, the rest of his artwork is being restored. It's in a basilica and the whole basilica is being restored. So we didn't get to see wow. that. But the town is so cool. And we hit it on a weekend. Every first weekend of every month, they have a massive antique sale. <laughs> so all the streets are filled with antiques. Anything so, good? Oh, it's incredible. I'll share pictures on uh, Facebook. I'm sure pictures. they have a different idea of what an antique is than we do. Yeah, probably true. But a lot of stuff you'd see here. A lot of stuff yeah. you'd see here. But there was like one stall had like 20 Pinocchios. <laughs> and I guess that is an Italian folktale, so it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some really cool art. Really cool art. Um, and then, you know, bad art, like anywhere. Um, I will share some of the street photos. So anyway, I got back. I said, like, stay. I got to go back and lie down because I'm doing the podcast. I want to rest. I'm going to go back. I went to sleep for like three hours and he went off on his own because he was in heaven. This this antique sale was in, incredible. And it's all on the street. He said it was like Maxwell Street back when it used to be in Chicago. Wow. Just so fun. And he was in heaven. He took tons of pictures. So that happened. Getting sick on holiday. And I had been worried about it. Wow, we've got insurance and everything. But I was like, wow, what if we get sick? That would really suck. But thank God it was pretty minor, I would say now. Now that I'm feeling better. So I've got my tea here. Oh, this morning I was like, I can't eat anything. So when we're walking home, I said, I have to go to bed, but I think I need something. Let's see if I can't eat yogurt. The idea of smelling yogurt made me feel like gagging. Mm -hmm. I was like, of course I wanted Jello. But it's like, I know we're not going to find Jello. So I bought this little thing. I don't even know what it was. And the woman at the store said Dolce. And I went, okay, um, I'll try it. It said peaches on the top. You know what it was? It was like the syrup and tins of peaches. Oh. It was heavenly. It was the perfect thing. It felt so good. It gave me like some energy. And then Excellent. I went to sleep. Yeah. And then I went to sleep. <laughs> and then we went out and had, um, before this, I woke up around 4.30. Steak came back and I said, okay, I've got to eat something. We went and got this street gourmet sandwich. They make the bread in the, in the restaurant. It's like just a, they've got a little, little tiny kitchen. You order there and then you eat out in the street, right? Tons of it here in this town. I mean, the street culture in Italy and, and France is insane. Paris, the street culture is insane. Just everyone sitting in those cafes. And they have the French cafe down, man. Watching I mean, everyone sit in the cafes. Totally. <laughs> is, totally. That, is that what everyone does, watch each other? I think so. And you watch each other walk by. I mean, I could sit there for hours. You're supposed to. So I said to Steg when we first sat down, I said, okay, tell me about existentialism. <laughs> Just talk to me about existentialism. Let's be, let's just really give an ode to the, to the past of these French cafes. Anyway, they're still going strong. They must have so many just because of the tourism. The tourism sure. is so massive here. So massive. It's unbelievable. It's, in, it's very kind of, I almost kind of like it. Mm -hmm. It just seems like something's happening. Yeah. You know? It makes it feel like it's happening for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's very impressive. I think everyone's a little bit tired of it. Um, I, my sense is that nobody knows how to walk in the street, but that's not unusual in Chicago or Toronto either. So <laughs> just like it's my street, my sidewalk. Yeah. So we got this sandwich. It was so good. It was potato, 
cheese in this homemade bread with truffle sauce. Mm. Oh, mashed Sounds potatoes. Special. Oh, it was so good. He had ham and cheese and truffle sauce. Oh my God, truffle oil or whatever. They were outrageously delicious. And she, I was like, oh my God, fantastico. And she was like, please write it up on, on Instagram or Google. I said, hell yeah. So good. You know, I think that makes a big difference yeah. to uh, some businesses if they get uh, you know, a, a review on TripAdvisor. That's the right. difference between everybody lining up at your place yes. um, compared to your competition's place, even though the quality of the product could be the same. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it probably is a difference. I've, I've um, seen that uh, certainly in Hanoi. Uh, mm. there's, there's a place called Ban Me 25. Mm. Uh, lineups for Ban Me 25. And look, they made a mighty fine Ban Me. <laughs> mighty, yeah. mighty fine. Yeah. yeah. But just around the corner, there's another guy with no lineup. I mean, he's selling his Ban Me's, but he doesn't have like a lineup like this place right. does. And, right. you know, they were kind of better. Wow. They were kind of wow. better and they were kind of cheaper. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, if you're going to be somewhere, I guess if you're traveling, you're going to be there a day or two and you go with what gets the big review on TripAdvisor, it's probably going to be okay because mm -hmm. a bazillion people right. um, have yeah. gone there. But if you look a little bit deeper, you're apt to find the, the hidden treasure that TripAdvisor hasn't found that's tons better. For sure. For sure. God, I wish I was going out tonight to find some food. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. I'm happy for my sandwich. But, you know, I know there's some really good restaurants here, and I would love to be trying them. But we're doing an interview tomorrow, so uh, better for me to keep rest and then be in good shape for tomorrow. So you must have accumulated uh, quite a bit of content for your documentary. I've got, I've got. well, I already had insane months, but these are the insane amounts. But this is now the money shot, right? These are the money shots. These are the fancy ones in Europe. Right. You know? And then you'll have all the editing to do. That'll be fun. The that'll be insane. And to find out what it means, what the story means. What is, what's right. the documentary about anymore? It's changed since I started in some ways. Of course it has. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually an interesting theme to explore, how the documentary has changed, how your understanding of what the heck you're doing mm. has evolved from when you hatched the idea to now. Yeah, it's weird because sometimes I feel irrational, like afraid, like, you know, that whole imposter syndrome, like, what are you doing? Why, why did you do this? This is stupid. Then most of the time I'm like, it's so rewarding. So rewarding. Yeah. I can't wait to start putting it together. Definitely. <laughs> so now what about, we didn't talk about Slow Horses. Did you ever finish it? Yes. You did. How'd you feel about it? Um, I thought it was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I thought it was made for the biggest mass audience oh. they could aim it at. Oh. Um, I I don't think that either the books, which I've read a couple of, or the Oops. series has really explored the going in idea as successfully as they could. Like and the idea think... of having these slow horses, yes, yes, in a whole separate building. If you know, if they were a little more serious about it, mm. it could get monstrously interesting. It but, could get monstrously interesting. 
my feeling is that the characters are like caricatures. Mm-hmm. They're not really that well developed. Mm. And it's not that believable, but it's fun and it's got a nice pace and it it's does. a fun idea. And we watched it all. And yeah. if they make more, I'll watch that too. Yeah, I really loved it. But you've made a good point because I think there is something to be said. What is going on here with why they have to have them separated like this? There's probably a really good conspiracy in there that you could figure out that you should be addressing. You should be addressing how does this, is this separate so that you can always have this off chance? Are they actually the real spies? Because in a way, they kind of are the actual real spies. And the, the corporation is, is like built like um like any city or corporation, too big to fail, right? So you've got this little energy of these creative investigators. Well, and it's also, the whole premise is just so tremendously cynical about yes. how the power structure, yes. the dysfunctional power structure causes the need for uh, the losers to become the doers. Interesting. Good point. There you go. Yeah. And they so, could they, they I, could they could self-consciously explore that. And they should. I mean Gary Oldman sitting there waiting to do it. Sure. You know? Yeah, I mean it could if it were me, I would go dark. Yeah, I would too. I, I would make it super, super dark. I would too. And I thought the first season felt darker. But maybe that's just, I was getting used to it. Because, I mean, there was a, there was the death. There was a secret murder, suicide going on. Remember with uh, Standish? Yeah, but, you know, one of the problems is they get too involved in, like, plot twists and that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and they've got this great theme to explore. And they're wasting their time with plot. Hmm. Okay. People like plot, though, don't they? Of course. And, yeah. you know, like I say, I liked it. I'll watch yeah, more. Too. Yeah, I'll watch more, too. And I hope there is more. Um, I'll certainly watch it. But I think you made a great point that you're sitting on something. I think someone should to should take that now and go and make another story. There are not enough spy stories in the world. The uh, The books are pretty light, too. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised. That's too bad. Oh. Yeah, Nick I Karen. would say yeah, Nick uh, Heron. They, I'm sorry. Nick Heron? Is yeah. that the author? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought they'd be um, way more complex than the TV show. Mm. Same. I'm going to say same. same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, they're no John Lacare. No. Um, but I mean, he didn't exactly go out of his way to become popular. And I would say these are well positioned to be popular. Yeah. A bit of a difference. Yeah. Oh. Uh, in an approach there. Right. We've what been watching is- one, uh, a show called uh, Criminal Record, which is a hmm. British police procedural. It's just so-so. Okay. Uh, and we we watched another episode of The True Detective. How was that? Uh, worse than oh, no. the other. Uh, oh, no. It's, I just feel that they the actors can't find their characters because maybe the characters aren't developed well enough. Um, they're awash in atmosphere and they've got a goofy story with sort of interpersonal backstory and none of it is working. And I'm not believing any of the characters. Mm-hmm. There's interesting things going on. Like 
two female protagonists yeah. uh, as detectives with different points of view who are in conflict. Uh, mm -hmm. That's sort of an interesting idea, but it's just unbelievable mm -hmm. the way it's... I'm just not buying in that the two characters even know one another. Oh, wow. Uh, it's. I find it's just disappointing, and I don't know if I'm actually going to watch any more of it. And what are you at? Four episodes? Oh, what, whatever they've released, yeah. we've watched. And then it's know. like six. There's only six anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's not too so, many. Okay. Uh, you know, I think there'll be like a big plot revelation, and and there'll be some character transformation. But yeah. you know, it's not that good. <laughs> I mean, it's so not that good that we've been instead watching like design and architecture shows, mm. uh, and um, we were watching one of those Gordon Ramsay shows where he picks the best restaurant in Britain and yeah. he pits them against one another and like Ooh. that. Okay, um, that sounds. And fun. if you get me to watch a, a cooking competition. You you know that I've run out of stuff to watch because I don't yes, really care. About yeah. Well, I do miss watching TV. <laughs> really miss it. But I'll go look at it smart, I guess. <laughs> but I did write another fiddle tune. Oh, you did? That's two. Yeah, that's three, actually. Three? That's crazy. Yes. This one's What's called Puffy's on? Real. Puffy's Real? Puffy's Real. Puffy's Real. I love it. <laughs> uh, and for for our audience who doesn't know yeah. uh, uh, many years ago uh, Stag came up with the uh, the name Tuffy P for Sheila and it's kind of stuck ah, tough princess yeah well I figured that's what it was but I didn't want to offer that information I left that uh, to you yeah that's what it is uh, yeah. so Tuffy's um, real I like it yeah and I'm pretty happy with it I'm not that happy with my playing uh, on it, but I'm getting there. Damn. It's really exciting. That is exciting. You know, what's exciting about it is I don't know how to do it. <laughs> it just happened. It, uh, it's the same way I felt about making paintings. Hmm. Every They're time I finish making paintings, if I wasn't working on a group of paintings and I'd have to start over again... That yeah. was like an existential crisis for yeah. me, always yeah. because, oh my God, what's a painting? <laughs> what, what kind of image can I deal with? What can I right. what can I live with? Oh, oh my goodness. Right. It's I, I always had to go right back to the beginning over mm -hmm. and over and over again to try to figure out how to make some kind of uh painting that I could put up with. <laughs> right. And when um when I'd start a new painting. It was always, how do I, I don't know how to do this. And yeah. I was getting the very same feeling trying to, um, trying to write tunes, um, mm. getting into that same wonderful space where you don't know what the hell you're doing. And so you just do it anyway. Wow. Right. It's kind of an interesting space. And so I wrote this tune and I, and I looked at it and played <laughs> it and it, and it, it's cohesive. It's kind of an interesting tune. I, I like it. It's oh, fun to play, um, and I have no idea how I came up with it. Did you no. tell your teacher this? Uh, she knows I've written a couple. I sent her just before uh, when we came on. I was just sending that over to her. Oh, wow. Okay, what does she have to say? 
I, I don't know. I just sent it over and then started <laughs> podcasting. So I have I have no Great. idea un, unless uh, unless she sent something back now. No, nope, she has not. She um, has not. Okay. Also, I'm just gonna check our uh, email because oh, right. so our adoring fans may have been may have been sending us emails and we haven't been checking. Can you imagine that? Okay. Uh, Evander Hansen. Um, wants to circle back with us. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, he nice. wants he wants to to reach our audience with custom content from his team at Adobe. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I have responded to him saying we have no money. So now he's reaching yeah. out again to see if you might be interested in custom content from our team at Adobe. The Damn. piece will cover the benefits of relying on professional photographer from professional equipment, style, knowledge. To editing know-how well we could use that however if this topic doesn't feel like a fit but you're still interested in content let me know mm -hmm. we can come up with something that works for you if you're open to external contributors to your blog i'd love to send the content over to you for consideration lastly once the article is published i can send you a complimentary year-long license to all of the adobe express premium tools and templates as a way of saying thanks so I, I should probably oh. respond to this guy right now on the podcast. Right, so, tell him. Okay, Sit dear, dear Evander, as I type this, we're podcasting it. <laughs> we don't have funding for fancy photographers. First, and all that jazz. So you can take us off your list. Good. Off your list. Thanks kindly for reaching out again. Nice. But it won't be necessary to persist. To persist. Your friends. Eugene and Andy. All right. So another email exchange taken care of. Good for you. Now we did get a message, but I can't figure out where I got it from. Oh, maybe it's in my text. Let me find out. Psychic Wayne has been sending us message. He wants to give us holiday forecasts and a weekly horoscope. Nice. They all with Sheehan sent us happy holidays and a thank you. Do we know no. him? No. No, uh, he's selling something. He looks, he looks uh, very, uh, very intense because he has wearing glasses that one of them is dark sunglasses and one of them is light, and he's got a black outfit, and he does photography. Okay, so he wants our money. Everyone okay. wants to like do give the money. Um, the children's hour share dance with me going home out February twenty third. What is this? This is uh, the syndicate. Children's Hour share new single, Dance With Me, first album in 20 years, Going Home. Hey, should <laughs> I click Dance With Me and see what comes up? Yeah. No, it might be porn or something. Don't. You're right. I won't do it. Won't do I was hoping it'd be music, but you're right. More likely it's porn. And just something you never can take out of your eyes again. Not good. <laughs> um, yeah. Psychic Wayne, Reminder, Renewal of Love, plus our okay. weekly horoscope. 
So basically, our audience has been letting us down and they haven't been sending us emails. And so mm. there's room for the sharks to get in. Right. And there is room <coughs> for someone to email us something. Now, you know what? I thought I got a really good message from one of our listeners. And I'm trying to find it right now. It was like through WhatsApp or something, but I cannot find it. That sucks. Oh, great. We get a message and you lost it. I know. I can't what see are we going to do with you, Candy? Find that message. Oh, no. I'm trying. I can't find it. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have it next time. Or I'll maybe have we'll have shamed our audience into sending us emails. Please, please send us an email. Anything. And what's the address? What, what you, tell us about your museum experience, your favorite and your worst museum experience. Our, our email address is theagency.podcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you, please. And you can also just send us a message on Facebook and I'll read it out. Okay. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> and I think that's it for today, isn't it? I think so. So you continue your travels and Candy will be with us from some other unnamed destination for the next yeah. uh, the next episode. I'll probably still be right here in Toronto. Uh-huh. Well, you know, because I'm going to Albuquerque at one point too. So it could fall on that trip too. That's and when is that think, coming soon, huh? Yes, and guess who I think is meeting us there? Who? My sister. Wow. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, she has some things she has she she's hoping to make it. So so far she does have a room booked in the same hotel as us. So I'm hoping That's she makes it. That's pretty exciting. So excited. I know. She's not gonna go to the conference. It's gonna be after. And we'll probably go to Chalco Canyon that I think I've told you about in New Mexico. Um so we'll probably do some fun things like that. So she's going to go all the way to Albuquerque and yeah. miss the conference. Yeah. I think so. She's going to work. She has to work. It's on weekdays. So, okay. And we're going to just do um, New Mexico stuff. Awesome. That'll be really fun. Because we always are trying to do something when we go there to a state park or something, you know. So she's well, we got a lot of fun stuff to see there. Oh, I think. So beautiful. So beautiful. All right, Eugene. I'll talk to you soon. And we'll be back at you. Yeah, soon. 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 Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. I know this is the world's longest goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.